los días he intentado estar aquí con vosotros este día, esta tarde. Amén. I'll preach to this section. <laughs> the rest of you know Spanish. Sure you do. Taco, burrito, uno, dos, tres. There you go. It is a joy and sure delight to be here with you folks. And thank you, Dr. Bill, for allowing me to come back here to our home church and to be part of this. And I, tell you, I was delighted to hear Pastor Billy share the message about uh, Father's Day and hear the wonderful choir. I don't know, I was here just receiving and enjoying all the wonderful things that God was doing, and now it's our turn, I, 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 I'm just delighted, I'm delighted to be here. We got here last Monday, and then uh, we leave tomorrow to go back to Spain. So you might ask, why on earth did you just come for one week? He says, well, we have four wonderful children, I'm going to let my wife come and introduce them, but the reason we're here is because our 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 last child, not our youngest, but the last one to get married, got married on Friday here in Black Eye. So we're just delighted, and we praise the Lord for that. I'm going to introduce to you my wife. Normally I wear wedding rings, uh, and, I, and I left them for some reason. In, in, uh, in the United States, they wear their wedding rings on their left hand. And I, again, I don't know what happened to them, but I am married. Uh, in Spain, they wear their wedding rings on their right hand. I can't tell you why, they just do it. In Europe, they wear them on their right. Here in the United States, we wear them on our left. The other day, I was on a flight, and a domestic flight, and I couldn't help but see this man wearing his wedding ring here on his right hand and on the wrong finger. And I said, sir, you're wearing, you're wearing your wedding ring on the wrong hand and on the wrong finger. And without missing a beat, he replies back, because I married the wrong woman. Well, I don't know about you, but I married the right woman. Would you give it up for my wife, Dana? Amen. Yes, he did marry the right woman. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is a joy and delight to be with you here this morning, especially on Father's Day. I really appreciate what Pastor Billy had to say about his father because it touched my heart. I can say the very same thing about mine, and what a blessing. My father's been with his Heavenly Father now for eight years. And I'm just thankful he's healed and whole in Jesus' name. What a blessing to be able to say that on Father's Day. Amen. Um, I think you just received one of our prayer cards from the ushers. If you didn't already have one from the last time my husband was here, just want to encourage you to put those in a place where you commonly pray. Pray for us. Uh, we need it. <laughs> Even as Pastor Billy and, and Pastor was saying, we need your prayers um, as we are pushing back the darkness in a country that is predominantly Catholic and um, has not had a real move of God, uh, understanding what it is to have a relationship with the Lord, what it is to, to have the move of the Holy Spirit. We're waiting for that, and we see God beginning to do that in Spain. So we are excited about that, and um, just pray for us in that way. Also, pray for me especially. You know, I am a very long ways away from my children and my grandchildren. So, and family is very dear to my heart. Um, I've always grown up very close to my own family, and I've been very close to my children and my grandchildren. And um, we have, as he said, four children, and the last one is just now married. So that chapter and season in our life is done. And now we'll move on to the next season, which will be more grandbabies coming. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, I will be back 
in a month for my daughter, who's going to have our fifth grandchild. Uh, she's going to have a little girl. And so there's a picture of our lovely family. And we're just so thankful that each one of our children are not only, you know, know the Lord, but they're serving him passionately in, in the ministry. Our oldest son planted a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, Michael. Many of you might remember him. He was our oldest when we were back here in, um, we were here in Orange, what was Orange Park Assembly of God. He planted a church in Raleigh. He has three of our grandkids. Um, our daughter works for Orphan's Promise. Terry Musen, who's the co-host of the 700 Club, oversees that ministry. She works directly with her all of, over Central and South America and all Spanish-speaking countries. Um, our third, which just got married on Friday, is in Brussels, Belgium. Uh, he will be as of September. Uh, again, will be there studying at the Continental Theological Seminary to finish his degree and um, bringing his lovely new wife, Victoria, with him. And then our youngest here on the end, uh, Mitchell and his wife, are the youth and music ministers at Radiant Church in Raleigh, North Carolina as well. So I just thank the Lord that each one of them is using their gifts and talents for the Lord and serving him wholeheartedly and passionately. And I just thank you for your prayers for me. That God gives me the grace to be as far away as I am from all of them. So, But the Lord is good all the time. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I just want to remind you, too, um, if you want to connect with us on social media, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram. But on Facebook, you can just open up and search Santiago's Serving Spain. Like our page. And then every time uh, we post something, that will pop up on your news feed. And you can kind of keep connected with us if you aren't already. But thank you so much for your prayers and love for us. We appreciate that. I don't know if they were able to get the wedding pic. Um, uh, no, okay, it's okay. Um, we were just going to show you a little one, but because of technical issues, we weren't able to do that. But thank you so much for your prayers for us and, um, and for your faithful support for so many years. Um, you know, it's been, I don't know, maybe 20 years or more? Yeah, a long time since we've been with Orange Park Assembly and, and, and now First Assembly God. Uh, Clay County, and we just appreciate your faithfulness to us. Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, we had a wonderful wedding. My parents, who have been missionaries for 50 years in Africa, came. They've just retired. He's not really saying he's retired, so he's having a hard time. And so they came. We had some other students from Brussels, some other ones from Spain, all come together. Bunch of people from family. Among us was Kentucky, that country of Kentucky, and that country of Alabama as well. And uh, they all came to the wonderful metropolitan city of Plaka. And it was just a wonderful experience of God. I look forward to being with my family after service. I'm going to celebrate Father's Day with my dad as well. He's 81 years young, and I think I will probably retire before he does. He just continues to move and go faster than me, and I think that's what just kept him healthy. But I, I'm thankful for family, and like I said, I think the hardest part about what we do is, uh, is the separation of family. But God gives you the grace, and he gives you the, the, the power to be able to do that. And just thankful that our kids are not only serving, but they're passionately serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, today is Father's Day. Amen. And uh, Pastor Bill uh, asked us to come when he came to Spain. You know, a lot of pastors, when we were itinerating, would say, hey, we want to come to Spain. And I naturally will open the invitation to selected fuse. And, and, but they never, not always, not never, rather, but many of the times they just 
scheduling and whatever doesn't come about and having the pastors are able to come. But Pastor Bill completed his promise. Not only he came, but he came and preached the word. And it was just a delight. We ran in pretty hard seeing the sights and sounds of the city of Madrid, uh, where 0.2% are saved. Not 2%, but 02 That's like for every thousand, you might have one or two people saved in that great country, Spain. There's a lot of work to be done. And I'm so grateful that you were able to send Pastor Bill to help me there in the country and be able to see firsthand what God is doing. And we're delighted. And I'm going to share a little bit about what God's doing. Naturally, the Internet being down, I'm not able to show the video, so we're going to do it the old-fashioned way, and I'm going to share what God is doing. We don't have overhead projectors, but we're going to share what God is doing. And I praise the Lord for Pastor Bill. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know if you know this, but Spain is a country of 47 million people. And in that country of Spain, we have a couple athletes uh, for you men that are come from Spain that are pretty world-renowned. One of them is our, uh, one of them is uh, uh, Paul Gosol. He has a he plays basketball, and this in my hands is worth maybe what is it, 10.95 at Walmart this morning. This is probably worth 10.95 in the in my hands. But you put this ball in the hands of Paul Gasol, a Castilian from Barcelona, it's worth close to 16, 17 million dollars a year. It really depends on whose hands it's in. You know what I'm saying? Now, we have a, another sport that's called football. No, not the football that you're thinking about. We're talking the authentic, the real football, world-class football that is called, you would call it soccer. But Everywhere around the world, they call this the football. No, it's not an egg-shaped ball. But you put this in your hands, and this is maybe worth, I don't know, six, eight dollars uh, in my hands. But you put this in the hands and the feet of a person who plays for Real Madrid, Cristiano Ronaldo, and you are talking about 37 million euros a year. It really depends on whose hands it's in. You know what I'm saying? All right, we have another great athlete there. You put this racket in my hands, and it's more of a, of a play toy, if you know what I'm saying. I have no idea how this play. My wife plays tennis. I occasionally will go hit around the time, too, with her. But you put this racket that, uh, in the hands of uh, Rafael Nadal, that is from Mallorca, Spain, and he, this racket here, will win Wimbledon championships throughout the years. And, and it's amazing. And it depends, again, on whose hands it's in. You know what I'm saying? It depends. In my hands, it's not worth anything. You put this yardstick in my hands, I can maybe uh, uh, take out a dog or a cat. Not, much, not any much wildlife for this thing. Um, maybe, you know of a child. And, no, I'm just kidding there. But you put this yardstick in my hands. It's probably worth, uh, I don't know, 98 cents. But you put this yardstick or this type of a rod in the hands of Moses, and it will open up the Red Seas. It really depends in whose hands it's in. You put a slingshot in the hands of, of my hands. Again, it's more of a of a kid's toy, you put the slingshot in the hands of, of David, 
it'll king, kill giants. It depends greatly in whose hands it's in. All those great effects and all those things, it, it all depends on whose hands it's in. Two fish and five loaves of bread. For you and I and for a young man, might be for a nice, healthy lunch. I had fish and chips yesterday in St. Augustine, and that was great. But the two fish and five loaves in the hands of God, and it feeds multitudes and multitudes of people. It depends in whose hands is in. Jesus' hands transformed everything he touched. Let's read with me, if you will, Matthew 14. This well famous scripture in regards to the two fish and the five loaves. And we're going to read from uh, verses 17 through 21. And it says this, they said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said, A blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and said to the disciples and gave, uh, and, and, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. Say satisfied. And they took up the twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men. Because the men, besides the women and children. Can you imagine how the disciples must have felt when they said, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fishes? Let's pray. Father, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth, Father, would be directed from you. I ask, Father, that you would pierce the hearts and the ears of your listener, Father. I pray, O oh God, that it would come as fresh manna. Father, let it be a word, Father, of transformation. Let us leave here changed and never to be the same, Father. I pray, Father, a special blessing upon the fathers, Lord, in this place. Watch over them, Father. Protect them, guide them. Make them warriors for you, Lord, I pray. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. They realized that they had very limited resources, yet... They had a crowd that had unlimited needs. Have you ever felt that way, that we just don't have enough to meet the needs of our people or our family or whatever who you might come in contact with? I know that the needs are always great. Many times people say, where is the greatest need? That's where I want to go. There's needs everywhere. So you have to really hear from God rather than just go. But you have to hear from God says they knew they had nothing to offer, but then Jesus, referring to the five loaves and the two fish, said something pretty profound. He said, bring, uh, bring them here to me. God can only bless what you bring to him. In verse 19, it says, bring them to me. Keep that in the register in the back of your mind. God can only bless what you bring to him. Now, if we were reading this story for the very first time, our hearts were rebeating just a little bit faster. What's going to happen? How on earth is he going to be able to feed all the multitude of people? Yet, 
we all, most of us know the, the, the end of that story, so we kind of like our, our uh, it doesn't have that effect. But think with me, if this was the first time that you were reading this, how could it possibly, what could be possibly Jesus be thinking? How on earth? And keep in mind, there were more than 5,000 people. Scholars say that it was more in the uh, realm of around 15 to 20,000 people that were being fed from the original two fish and five loaves of bread. We still see the impossible when God wants us to see the impossible. We, like the disciples, need to see that situations is not in our hands, but rather that are in his hands. And when they are in his hands, everything changes. God's purpose becomes and begins to reveal itself. The formula is like this, church. We bring God our offerings, and we place it in the hands and, and, the, and his purpose on our small gift, and it causes it to grow thousands of times over. We bring what we have to him, and he blesses it. Not only just blesses it, but he blesses it in abundance. We have nothing, and all we bring, all we can do is bring our nothing to Jesus. And he will absolutely do some incredible things with it. Jesus had his people sit down and prepare to receive. Now, keep in mind, they were there a couple hours, and so I'm sure many families were anxious and were waiting to have their Big Macs and their Whoppers and whatever substance they wanted to eat. So they wanted to go to the nearest village. But then Jesus tells them, hang on, be still, wait just a little bit. Could you imagine in the rush and the, and the hurriedness of life and just to satisfy the, the needs that they needed right then, if they would have gone, they would have missed out in one of the most miraculous miracles ever. But he, Jesus tells them to sit and wait on him. And he looks up to heaven. And a simple prayer of blessing. And as he does, so he takes two fish and five loaves and feeds thousands. For the people who in the middle of the wilderness, he just looked up to heaven and said thank you. And gave thanks for what he had. Not what he didn't have, but what he had. And God multiplied it. What Jesus was trying to tell us is this, is that the God we serve is a God of abundance because there were over 12 baskets that ran over. It was pretty incredible. We have nothing to give people without Jesus. We have nothing to give Jesus without. We have nothing to give people if, it doesn't have, if we, don't, we can't give them Jesus. We have nothing to say, nothing to give, nothing to offer. What we do have is something to offer and that we have Jesus. We can give them that. And that's exactly what my wife, Dana, and I are doing in that great country of Spain. He takes our offerings. He takes my home church like this and enables us to be in the country of Spain by God's grace now for 22 years. And being able to have churches and faithfulness and ones that enables us then to be able to have what the seed offerings that you give enables to have thousands upon thousands and thousands of people being lives changed. Know that your investment to the kingdom and to missions and what you're going to do next week for Ghana and our, and our brother 
it is not in vain. That it goes beyond what you are able to comprehend, how God then absolutely multiplies what you're able to give. The little in our hands becomes a lot to, in Jesus' hands. Why? Because it depends in whose hands it's in. Our church for the longest time, and I don't know much of, how much of this is I shared, uh, we were there in Madrid and we had maybe 30, 40 people. And that is the average-sized church in Madrid, Spain, or in Spain and in Europe. It's about 40 to 50 people, and that's it. And that was our church. And so we were just doing what the Lord had called us to do. And, and something happened. It was like the wind of the Holy Spirit took place. And we moved our locations to the heartbeat of, of Madrid, right close to the center. And while we were there, we noticed that there was just a move of God's presence and His Spirit that something that we were always were used to, my wife and I averaging 30 to 40, maybe 50 if we had a team come, we started seeing an average of people coming of 25 new people per month. And it started going on. In the period of a year, two years, we went from a 50 people to over 300 people in a period of two to two and a half years. To God be the glory for great things he has done. Amen. So, we went into this thing, and we went into a location that we could not afford, but we took a huge step of faith, and churches like you enabled us to have, to re, re, uh, remodel a bank is what we did, a storefront bank type of deal, and we went in there knowing we had 30, 40 people. And as soon as we got there, uh, we saw what was happening. The Lord started increasing new people. And he says, I want you to rent a theater for Easter Sunday. And I had to remind the Lord. to the Lord, Lord, Easter Sunday is the lowest attendance Sunday in all of Spain and in Europe. Unlike America, very much like the wedding rings, Easter is your lowest attendance Sunday of church. A lot of them just go and do their fiesta things and what have you. So I knew that, being there for as long as I have. I knew that Easter would not bring in much people. And on the contrary, it would be lowest he says, no, I want you to rent a theater. I said, okay, Lord, but it, you know, it's a, it's a desert. And he says, I'm the, the river that flows through that desert, and I'll take care of it. We took a huge step of faith, and we rented out a theater. This was a couple of years back, and by God's grace, I'm here to tell you that that Sunday, Easter Sunday, we had over 500 people come on our Easter service. Praise the Lord. The following year, the Lord said, do it again, but this time focus on your children. And now we are averaging, you know, and keep in mind, we don't know what we're doing because all this happened in a period of three years. So we're used to having a very, very small congregation. And it's not that, our, that, we, uh, that we don't have that many people. It's at our venue. We can fit maybe 150 people if they're all Chinese, you know, thin. So what I'm saying is just, there's just no room. That's the reason why we've gone from one service to two services to three services, and now are four services. And it's only by the grace of God that we're seeing this, and if the trend continues by January, we'll have to figure out what we can do by January or December. So we're just trying to figure it out. And we rented it yet this past Easter that just took place, and I'm here to tell you this past Easter, just to tell you that me just throwing out numbers is fine. And we had well over 600 people, 650 people that came last Easter. It was pretty remarkable what God is doing in a period of three years. Now, for us, those numbers are pretty impressive 
there's not a mega church here. It's a strong church here. But, but for there, it's like, what's going on? And we're trying to figure out because Dan and I are the same people. We're still people from Orange Park Assembly that came and just stick us there. But it's the grace of God and his hands upon it. And what, and what God has been doing is nothing for us short of a miracle. And there's absolutely a move of God. And you could ask Dr. Bill, when he came to our church, he can sense the presence of God as he walked through our glass doors. And it was just a welcoming thing. We have well over 50 different nationalities in our church. Not that English is the main language, but neither is the Spanish. It could be Chinese, it could be Romanian, it could be German, it could be French. It could be all sorts of things. But we have one thing in common, is that we're seeking to follow Christ. And that's what we're doing there. And it's by God's grace that we are following that. We are sensing and see the favor of God in that great place. And we thank the Lord for the results. Just within the last two years, just to give you another glimpse of what's going on. Uh... You hear with the news that is going on in Syria and Iran and all those Persian countries that are leaving those countries because of the cause of Christ. Many of them have been just uh, tormented because of their walk with, because of their, their, their countries are being in disarray. So Spain has opened their house, their, their country, for the refugees. Many of them are engineers, doctors. Many of them are nothing, but they've come and they're looking. And sure enough, we become a refuge, a point of a beacon, if you will. And our church now has a ministry for the Persians and the ones who do not know, just are lost. In the last two or three years, by the grace of God, just within the Muslim families itself, we have baptized 10 to 15 Muslim families. And that is just amazing what God is doing. Amen. I remember... I remember the days, and me growing up on the mission field, I'm a third-generation missionary, so I know those things and those stories, how missionaries have gone through terms and years and years and have seen zero to no results of, of any conversions, especially when it deals with the Muslims. And so I believe that what the ones who had gone before us have done some tremendous seed and had done some tremendous work, so now that we're seeing the reaps of the harvest of our former missionaries that have gone before us, and so when you hear just within that it changed, to me, there is a cause of rejoicing what God is doing, and we are so excited. Now, that prayer card that was given into your hands, what's in your hands, it, it, it simply is a, a, a little cardboard postcard. Really, it's probably worth all of 10, 15 cents in your hand. But here's my appeal to you is to take that prayer card that is in your hands and make it worth value a whole lot more than a 10 to 15 cents because that, your prayers and your support and what this church has so faithfully has done goes far beyond what we could ever imagine. And for you to take what's in your hand, that prayer card, it would seem so uh, insignificant, especially knowing this church is a, such a strong missions church and you get inundated it with, 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 not inundated because that's kind of negative, but with the church is welcoming all the wonderful different missionaries that you have but know that that piece of paper, that prayer card is a, is a priceless tool that you can use as an instrument to allow God to work through you. It depends again from whose hands it's in.
And right now I would share a story that I'm not able to show, but it's about a young man. His name is um, Imran. Imran came to us from um, Indonesia, Pakistan as well. He's a father of three children. He came on a, on a political asylum. He was seeking political asylum to stay in the country of Spain because he was going to lose his life for the cause of Christ and because of what his testimony of being converted. He got saved, we baptized him, and we discipled him. It's an incredible story. And one day you can see it. It's on YouTube there. But it's an incredible seeing of life transformation to a young man and what God took place. After a series of, of, of times, the Spanish government was really concerned because he got radically saved. He was like our, our apostle Paul. And so, and uh, he started writing, started blogging, started filming on bringing uh, Islam into to real, to what it is and the faults that it is. And, and so he started publicizing that. And so the Spanish government then revoked his citizenship or revoked his his permiso, his permission to be in that country. And so he was going to be uh, deported back to Indonesia or to Pakistan, where he would for certainly lose his life. It came pretty uh, global. It came out of CNN uh, and uh, all the different networks came out. He comes to me and says, what do I do? I says, you need to be faithful and maybe just calm down because I'm scared. I'm walking in territories and areas that I don't know. And throughout the course of time, because of his, um, the, the concern that the Spain had, and I asked him, says, but the people need to know the falsehood. I said, I know. But before we could even go through the process of discipling this young man, the government came and arrested him, and then they were going to deport him. Churches here in the States came through and started to pray like never before. The sons of God came and helped us to be able to go to court, went all the way to Supreme Court in Brussels, Belgium, to be able to uh, release him of not being able to be deported. And sure enough, he was released. And to God be the glory that now he still comes to our church very faithful, and now he's able to rejoice in what God has done. The glorious thing is this whole thing. He's waiting for his family to come. Meanwhile, he is like uh, our Jason Bourne because although they can't deport him, they have not given him his, his identity, in other words, his documents. He's there with no name. He goes, it doesn't matter, Pastor. When I get that back, I'm changing my name. I'm no longer going to be called Imran. Imran is my Muslim given name. I'm no longer Muslim. I'm now a Christian. From now on, I want to be called as my earthly spiritual father's name. From now on, I want my name to be called David Michael. Guess what my name is? David Michael. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that is just a wonderful story of the, of the redemption of what God has done in the life of Imran as a father. And I am as a spiritual father. And it's just a wonderful to see. What's your investment to the kingdom and what you have in your hands can make a whole world change. Literally a whole world change. As we have been able to see God do some incredible things. This prayer card, this piece of paper in your hands, is like two pieces, two fish and five loaves. What you do with it is up to you. You can crumble it up, you can tear it up, you can throw it away. Or you can take it and use it and to allow your prayer, your fasting, your giving, your offering to God will do more than you could ever imagine, church. I'm putting the pressure back on you to knowing that that prayer card is worth way more than two fishes and five loaves of bread. Will you put that little that you have into the hands of God?
That's what we ask for, is for you to pray and for God to do some tremendous exploits in seeing what God does. I am so honored to be here, to be at the Sending Church. This church is the one that actually sent us 22 years ago. And four kids later, four and a half grandkids later, by the grace of God, we are still pushing the darkness back because of churches like you and the faithfulness that you all have done. To God be the glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church, a church family. Father, I know that each and every one has tremendous needs and pressures of life. Father, I ask that you would come and satisfy their soul, satisfy their spirits. Be with them, Father. Lift that burden. Lift that heaviness. Father, come upon their lives, Lord Jesus. I pray for each family, each person that is absolutely searching for you, Lord, that you would be the one, that source of strength, that source of hope, that source that comes only from you, Lord Jesus. I pray for every single individual in this house that does not have a relationship with you will pause and effect and come to a realization of who you are in Christ. I pray for every single person. With every head bowed and eye closed, please allow me to ask you the same question I ask in my church. And right now they're just finishing their four services and pretty much every service, and it's only by the grace of God, that every service and every Sunday at least, someone two, three, four, five people get saved. And I believe that the favor of God is upon their nice Madrid in our church. And I sense that God's presence there as I sense it here as well. It's not by coincidence, not by accidents that we're there and that you're here. We serve the same God, whether abroad or here. He's the same God that saves. He's the same God that delivers. He's the God, same God that transforms lives. If you need a touch from God in a supernatural way that you've been asking, seeking, and knocking, and for whatever reason it has not come about, today's your day for today's deliverance in the name of Jesus.